Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let the dance macabre begin. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a very warm welcome. I know the only one show in the world that combines it all. Singing, music, dancing, traditional and ethnic styles. It's massive. It's twice the Super Bowl. It's like 200 million people. When we reach the end of the show in approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion. Now let's get to it. Are you ready to party Europe? It is easy what I say. What I say. This is the Euro Trip. So hello and welcome to episode three of the Eurotrip podcast. We are your very latest Eurovision podcast, bringing you all the latest news. Also some fun, difficult, interesting and tricky games as well. I'm Rob and as ever, every week I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Hello, I'm James. It's a pleasure to have you with us once again. Or perhaps you're a new listener. And for that, thank you for finding us. Make sure you like us, subscribe to us, all of that malarkey. But as Rob says, we've got loads coming your way today. We're going to have some big games later on. We're going to also have a big guest for an interview. And we're going to start the show with, as ever, the news in 90. Yeah, that's right. We've invited a guest onto the show to tell us what has been happening in the world of Eurovision. On top of that, we've also got our European quiz, still without a new name. We are testing each other's general knowledge from a country that takes part in Eurovision. Uh, So far, we've had Switzerland, we've had Belarus, and between us, only one or two points every week. It's not been great, James. It hasn't been great, but hopefully we can improve things this week and hopefully we can also improve our scores on the one second song we'll play each other, the first second of a song from the Eurovision Song Contest. And finally, perhaps one of us will actually get it right. We are also going to be joined by a guest later on for a big interview. This week, we're going to be joined by the one and only Katrina Demanda from the Latvian group Asia Miki. I know I've probably pronounced that wrong, but we'll chat to her and find out exactly how you pronounce it. She's going to be telling us all about her Eurovision adventure. Then one day he called me, hey, what you doing? Do you want to come to recording studio? Let's do a song for Eurovision. (laughs) 
I was like, okay, what is it about? He's like, you're gonna hear it. Okay. I went there and I was like, this sounds nuts, but okay, if you guys want to do this, I'll, I'll be with you. <laughs> Back to 2014 on that one. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip. This is the Euro Trip. That's right. You are listening to the Eurotrip podcast. We're on episode three already. So thank you if you've made it to week three. And thank you if you're a brand new listener around here. We've got loads to come throughout the show. But first, we're going to kick off with the news in 90. And for that, we've got a guest who is big in the world of Eurovision news. But I might hear you asking if you're new around here, why is it the news in 90? Well, over the last few months, with no Eurovision around, Rob spent a lot of time doing some research, some heads and some books, a lot of staring at the TV screen to find out that on average it takes a Eurovision spokesperson 90 seconds to read out the points. Isn't that right, Rob? Yes, yeah, something like that, James. Something like that. I mean, as you say, I haven't had a huge amount to do throughout lockdown, so I thought I'd get my head in the books and, uh, well, we've come up with the news in 90 and here we are and somehow we've managed to convince at least three people to, uh, to get involved with it for us. That's absolutely right. So this week, we've got a brand new guest on the show. And this week, it's a pleasure to introduce the one and only Richard Taylor from Eurovision Island. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you guys? I'm really good, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on and thanks for giving up your time to have a go at this. Now, for you, this is the third week. So you've had a couple of weeks to listen in to see yeah. how the first couple of guests did. So how are you feeling about this challenge? I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for any challenge. Um, it's just whether I get cut off mid-flow one story or if I just reach the end of the story just in time. You wouldn't be the first person to be cut off in their prime. I think everybody who's done it so far has been cut off mid-story. I, th- I think, from what I can remember last week, we missed out on what could have been an absolute thrilling story about junior Eurovision in Kazakhstan. But unfortunately, you know, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. So then, if you are ready, I've got a stopwatch in my hand. Or Rob, are you wanting to take stopwatch duties this week? I will take stopwatch duties this week if I can work out how to use my own phone. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I'm all all ready to all ready to go. Wonderful. So Richard, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Your time starts now. Portugal have become the 13th country to confirm participation in Warsaw for this, junior, this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. The Portuguese delegation gave ESC Portugal a quote, if there is a competition, RTP will be present. So far, Albania, Armenia and Italy are still to declare, so we could have up to 16 countries. The German broadcaster Kika will be showing their audition shows on September the 1st and September the 2nd. Show 1 will show highlights of the opening auditions and show 2 will show the final five in front of the internal jury. We don't know as of yet whether the broadcast will announce their participant on the 2nd of September or whether that will be held back a bit. Moving on to Eurovision news, Azerbaijan have got a new head of delegation. Some people recognise him as the writer of Azerbaijan's winner from 2011, Running Scared. His name is Isa Melikov. Over in Bulgaria, there is a Black Sea songwriting camp happening from the 16th to 26th of August. There's four teams of songwriters based in either Burgas or Primusco. Songs that are composed will not only just be for Victoria next year, but other participating entries too. In Albania, Festivalia Kengis 59, songwriters and performers have now until the 2nd of October to submit their entries. Very good. Now, I like a week where we've got 
Junior Eurovision and Eurovision News. James Offair, we were saying that if we start talking about Junior Eurovision News now, we may be in trouble come November. So are you up for chatting Eurovision again? Yeah, I think we'll put uh, Junior Eurovision on the on the back burners for maybe a few more weeks until sort of October, November comes around and we're really into full swing of things. But I think it's going to be best to talk about some Eurovision stuff just to sort of keep us keep us ticking over. And I really like the sound of this songwriting camp. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I, I would very much like to talk about the Black Sea songwriting camp because these songwriting camps fascinate me. Just the idea of them being a little bit like a school trip or some sort of summer school that you, your parents normally sent you to when they couldn't be bothered to have you around the house over six weeks during the summer holidays. Richard, let's talk about the, the Black Sea songwriting camp. From what you can understand, and it may not be very much, and that's fine, what can the artists expect who are going to be turning up and what's going to be going on? So what I can understand, they've got these four teams of songwriters based in these two different Bulgarian cities. So I don't know whether some artists are in one camp and the other in another camp. But I do know that the songs that compose, however many songs, we don't know how many are going to be composed. So over 10 days, you know, it could be tens, hundreds, who knows. I do know that all the songs are not only been offered to BNT, the Bulgarian broadcaster for Victoria, but other participating broadcasters that are taking part, they don't necessarily have to be there in Bulgaria to take part. So yeah, it's really exciting to be hearing about all this. And we do have a good idea about some of the artists that are going to be there, don't we, Rob? Yeah, we do. We have a, a couple of artists definitely confirmed who were supposed to be in Eurovision this year and a returner as well. So Caesar Sampson or Caesar Sampson, however you want to say his name, for Austria, he's there. He, of course, won the jury vote in 2019, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, and we've also, yeah, got Victoria, of course. It's in Bulgaria, the songwriting camp, so it makes sense for her to be there. And also Ben Dolik as well, who was due to be representing Germany. And he says that he's hoping to find the song that he will enter into the German selection in 2021. Richard, do you think any of them have the potential to find their Eurovision winning song at a camp like this? It's not the first time songwriting camps have been used. So, but whether you'll find a winning song, who knows? But the fact that they've got these four teams working across 10 days solely just to try and find a winning song there must be a potential somewhere within there. For Bulgaria, though, it's really, really important, isn't it, for them? Because they've had Victoria since they were due to use her 2020 and it had really high hopes. The song was great. It had a great deal of reception. And I think at one point, probably on the day of cancellation as well, it was favourite to win the 2020 contest. They've got a lot of pressure on themselves, haven't they, for 2021 to really get a good song for Victoria. Yeah, and since they withdrew from the contest back early 2010s and then they've come back fighting you know they've had Polygenova do well Christian Kostov so they really do want to keep this top five places going. Richard before we let you go this is yeah. uh this is something that that me and James have been challenging ourselves with every single week which is the feature that has gone down as the hardest in podcast land the one second song so we normally do this at the end of every episode it will be the same this week but we thought we'd get thought we'd get you involved as well where we get you to guess the Eurovision song that has competed since 1956 and you have to guess it from the very first second We've had two of these so far, which have seen both me and James do absolutely terribly and got no points. Do you think you can do better this week? First week, I got the year, but no song artist. 
or country last week was a pure disaster for me when I listened in. So I'm up for a challenge. You and me both, Richard. You and me both. An absolute disaster last week. James, just take us through the, the criteria for the points again while we remember. All points available. So if he gets the artist, that's a point. If he guesses the song title, that's a point. And there's also a point available for the country and the year that it took part. So there's lo- loads of points up for, uh, up for grabs. Um, but it'll be great to finally see if somebody other than us has any idea what these songs actually are. Yeah, we won't reveal what the song is until the end, until James has had a guess at the end of the episode. But Richard, for you and for everyone at home, this is your first chance to listen to this week's One Second Song. I should know, Liz. That's my first reaction. (laughs) That pains me because I imagine that you'd probably have a better idea of it than I do. So I probably haven't got any hope for later on in the show, have I? I'm just trying to picture it in my head now. You and the listeners at home, Richard. Well, what you what we're going to do is, Richard, yeah. you're going to submit the uh, submit what you think the answer may be uh, yeah. to me, and then at the end of the episode, we will find out how right or wrong both you and James have been. Uh, when we say goodbye to you, which is unfortunately now, where can people find your uh, where can people find your stuff? Give you a vision island um, shout out. Yep, EurovisionIsland.net. We've got plenty of features going throughout the summer, so we're not quiet at all, and plenty of junior news as it happens, as well as Eurovision news. On Twitter, at EurovisionIRELA. And Facebook's as well, Eurovision Island official page. Perfect. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Eurovision. We've got it covered. So you heard Richard's guest just before there on the uh, one second song. We'll find out whether or not he is right later on. James, you, you said there you're not fancying your chances. It's going to be another week of no points for you. It's probably going to be another week of no points for me, but it, what it also will be another week of no points for is the pair of us in the European quiz, which again, third week in a row, we haven't renamed it. And it, it does just sound a bit naff, doesn't it? Just a little bit, but also let me just pick you up on one thing there. Not to rub your face in it, but I did win the quiz last week. So as the loser, you may forget that. <laughs> now then, the time is now ready for us to speak once again to Samuel Deacon. It is the European quiz and each week we are set three devilishly difficult questions on a European country that takes part in the Eurovision Song Contest. So let's head over to Sam now, find out which of these wonderful countries we are focusing on this week. It's the week in which one country looks back on its restoration of independence from the Soviet Union almost 30 years ago. This week, you'll be getting questions about Estonia. So you'd be pleased to hear, James, that I have actually not been to Estonia. So I think we're on a level playing field this week. We are, because I, you know, I've... I know a lot about you, Rob, probably more than you think I do. And you seem to have been to every country on the planet. So I feel a bit lucky this week that you've not been to Estonia. So like you say, we're on a level playing field. And I've got a good feeling about this week. I think I might actually beat you. And to beat you, I think I might just need the one point because I don't think you're going to score very highly this week. Well, we'll see. That's uh, that's a big game you're calling there. That's a big (laughs) game. Uh, Talking of which, let's, let's get to it. Here's question number one. Your first question, which island nation was Eurovision 2001 winner Dave Benton born in? Now then, Dave Benton, nearly 20 years ago. They don't make music like that anymore, do they, Rob? They don't. It's one of my favourite winners. I seem to remember watching it sort of back. I didn't watch the contest live that year, but I remember watching it back and thinking, more music needs to be like this. Well done to what I can 
remember, I think, Dave Benton and the band 2XL. Whatever happened to them? Or perhaps you've actually got the name wrong and you've just insulted them. But he seems like a good chap, doesn't he? He seems like somebody you'd get on with. Maybe we should give him a buzz and maybe you can get him on for the big interview in the next couple of weeks. I bet you that would be a barrel of laughs interview. But focusing on it, where was he born? I'm going to go first. Um, it's an island nation, but I, I don't think it's Europe. I think he's got a bit of a sort of a an American sounding twang to the voice. Okay. So I'm going to head over, head over west. I'm going to look in the Caribbean. And I'm going to say Aruba. You what? Why are you going to say Aruba, James? Are you going to say Aruba? Because it's what I was about to say. Is that why you're going to say oh. Aruba? <laughs> is it now? Well, the reason I say Aruba is because I know it's an island nation. And, you know, that's as good a guess as any, isn't it? Yes, isn't it? You have the whole <laughs> of the Caribbean to choose from there. Fine. Uh, I won't go Aruba, just to make things interesting. I will go probably about as close as I can. I'm going to go Bermuda. Aruba. You may have heard the noise of me slamming down my pen on the table. That is unbelievable. Because I really wanted to say Aruba, therefore I would have got the point. But I don't. Because you said it. Because you went first. So, really, there was no skill involved in that. Just you happened to have gone first. So I hope you're proud of yourself. Calm yourself down, Rob. Anyway, there you go. I think, is that my first ever... No, I scored a point for Switzerland a couple of weeks ago. So finally, I've got another point on the board and a well-deserved, well-earned point. Stop I wouldn't shaking pat, your head. I wouldn't pat yourself on the back for two points in three weeks. I'm not sure anyone is proud of themselves for that sort of record. Ugh, right, I need to get this one back. Here's question number two. Rockefeller Street was the name of Estonia's 2011 entry. To the nearest thousand, how many miles are there from New York's Rockefeller Centre to Tallinn, Estonia? Right then. I'm not that good on stuff like this. I don't, think, I, I don't, I don't think anyone is good on stuff like this. I don't think anyone, <laughs> has, I don't think anyone has ever gone, so what I'm really good at, I'm really good at estimating the number of miles between two places to the nearest thousand. I don't think anyone has ever said that as a scale, have they? Oh, I don't think they have. I've, I've got one barometer out there and I know it's about 120 miles from Newcastle to Edinburgh and I don't think that's really going to help me right now so while I have another little thing Rob do you have any guesses on this one well I must pick our question master up on this I mean presumably it depends which point in Tallinn he's decided to choose for the uh, the answer to this question but you know not bitter I'm gonna go and I don't really have any quantifiable knowledge that I can rely on here. I think there are, to the nearest thousand, 4,000 miles. Right. So my guess is a bit higher than that. So, <sighs> be prepared to laugh, but you don't really have an idea anyway, so I could be far off the mark as well. I'm going to say 14,000 miles. The exact answer is 6,644 miles. I may nearly be 3,000 out, or 2,500 out, call it. But I am significantly closer than you are. So what are we saying here? Are we saying that we were both far enough away from the actual answer that neither of us gets a point? Or I'm going to leave well, it to you on this one. I did pick up a ridiculous point in week one. 
I can't remember what for, but I think I was thousands upon thousands out of the correct answer. So oh, gonna... it was the it was the lakes in Switzerland, wasn't it? That was what it was. Ah, yes, of course. And I still can't remember to this day how many lakes there are in Switzerland. But I'm feeling generous this week. And even though they'll put me at a disadvantage on the overall scoreboard, I'm going to let you have the point. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, I deserve it after the absolute um, debacle that was question number one. But anyway... Uh, so it's one all, which means we are going into our decider. So for the deciding, what could be the deciding question, unless we both get it wrong, which is the most likely outcome, is Sam with number three. The final question on Estonia. Not far from Tallinn, you'll find the former Ramu Prison. Correct me if I'm wrong on the pronunciation. I'm sure you guys will know. Uh, it was built on the edge of a limestone quarry in the 1940s, and it's where inmates were forced to work. What has caused this abandoned, typically Soviet-style prison to become an attraction for many? For a start, Sam, I think you're overestimating our knowledge of Estonia and just indeed our ability to pronounce anything if you think that we have a better pronunciation of the Ramu prison than you do. Uh, Ramu, by the way, sounds like the sort of animal you'd find at the bo- either at the bottom of the sea or on a video game. I don't know, maybe you agree, maybe you, maybe you don't. If you want to send in your suggestions of what a Ramu could be, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. Ugh, James, it's, it's you first, and I'm pleased it is, because I've got no idea. So, the question is, why has it become an attraction? And I reckon the reason it's become an attraction, I've never seen the programme before. However, I'm going to say it is used as a filming location for Game of Thrones. I think you're on the right lines there. I had no idea, and now you saying that has helped, maybe. Well, stop stop right there. You cannot just copy my answer. You, you know, you, can, you can't say, oh, it's used in The Bill or something like that. You've got That's to say a different TV big... show. That's a different yeah, TV show. Yeah, but you've still copied. You've got to say something like it's an ice cream factory or it's a, it's a, it's a rocket launching station or something like that. You can't say it's in a TV show. Well, you're going to look silly if it is an ice cream making factory or indeed a rocket launching station, aren't you? I'm going to say, because I want to, and I can, and there are no rules, that it was used as a filming location on very popular drama, Killing Eve. Without anyone to look after natural groundwater from the quarry, the prison is now mostly underwater and it's become a beautiful diving spot. So I was falling over myself there to come up with an answer very similar to yours, when in fact, we could not have been further from the truth. But the thing is, I don't know if you remember back in 2003, that episode of The Bill, when the uh, <laughs> went to Estonia. For our European listeners, The Bill is a, or was rather, a TV programme on here in the United Kingdom, all about all about the police. It was, uh, yeah, it was entertaining. They got themselves into some, uh, some scrapes and japes, but... Not on anymore, unfortunately. So, there we go. For the second week of three, we finished in a one-all tie there. So, I think that means that I, I retain the title, having been the winner last week. Right, let's move on to next week already then. Let's just... I'm not, I'm not letting you keep a hold of that crown for any longer than needs to. So, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Euro Trip, episode number three. Uh, don't forget, you can listen back to our previous two episodes and every episode we do from now until eternity on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. 
Because for now, it is time for our big interview. Previously, we have heard from such big names as Eurovision royalty, Nicky French, the UK's entry in 2000, and also Eric Gabriel, the man involved in that incredible Moldovan dance routine from 2018, and also a bit of a Melody Festival and start as well. And James, are you going to say, and no offence to the two people we've had on so far, but are you going to say that this week we've topped the lot? This week we've gone even bigger than your tiny imagination, Rob. This week we have got a woman who has a cake to bake. That's right, we're going to be speaking to Katrina Demanda. Of course, she took part in the Eurovision Song Contest six years ago, back in 2014. Of course, that year it was in Copenhagen in Denmark. She was part of the Latvian group Arzem Nieki. I know I've probably got that pronunciation wrong. I asked her about all sorts, but the very first question I asked her was, have I pronounced that correctly? Actually, very good. I was uh, concerned, but yeah, it's Arzem Nieki, so you were super good. Close enough. Nine out of ten, perhaps. (laughs) I understood. (laughs) (laughs) Now then, you took part in the national final for Latvia with the rest of the band, but how exactly did you start off in the band itself? Um, so the German guy, Joran, he saw me playing music in uh, one local bar where I just played every second Wednesday Latvian traditional folk dances for people to dance and chill. And uh, at that time he had a one one hit in Latvia, so I liked that song. And uh, he was like, can I play that song for everyone? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, he's like, play with me. I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. So we did few concerts. Um, and television and everything and then one day he called me hey what you doing do you want to come to recording studio let's do a song for your vision <laughs> i was like okay what is it about he's like you're gonna hear it okay i went there and i was like this sounds nuts but okay if you guys want to do this i'll i'll be with you <laughs> <laughs> so what was the reason then that you all chose to enter the national selection was it just to gain the exposure in latvia itself or was the mission yeah. <laughs> from the beginning bigger yeah. so was it was the dream no. not to to go to the, Eurovision. The dream was just to be in television because then you get a lot of good paid gigs. <laughs> that was the aim. But then, you know, my my thing is um, if I take part in something, my aim is to win if that's a contest. Like, uh, obviously, I was uh, we were going for the win, but I never thought we would win. So how old were you then when you, when you went to Eurovision? Was it quite a wake-up call when you went there? I was there? 23. 22, 23. I think I turned 23, like the day of the final, something like that. So it was a great birthday present. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so 23. And I did all of the promoting and all of the management stuff and everything. I liked doing that before and I have also education in this, but um, I never thought that I would have to do it in that high level. So you win the national selection in Latvia and then mm-hmm. Eurovision comes around and it's all about pre-parties, interviews, rehearsals, but it all comes down to those three minutes on the stage, doesn't it? Can you remember how you felt up on stage in Copenhagen? Of course, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I don't know, I can't even describe it. That That's, uh, when I was there, I knew why people use drugs because that's the most powerful <laughs> drug. I think that's the aim they want to do it because the feeling was so good. Because we were, you know, we were singing with earphones, uh, with uh, our, yeah, so in-ears. And, uh, and I looked to the crowd and everybody's singing along. And I'm like, I just wouldn't take them out and listen you guys sing. <laughs> I was a little bit sad when we didn't qualify for the final from the semi-final. But 
in the same time it was good enough and so many emotions and happy things and then you know we start I would start to party like crazy with everyone who was there from the other delegations with Conchita as well and and actually when when we lost in Copenhagen she was the she came to me to my booth I told I don't want to see anyone I just need to change and like you know it's a big crack and you're emotional and my mom said like no no you want to come out for this one and I was like I don't want to go out and she's like no no you should come for this one and I will go out and it's Conchita telling me you were the best why did you qualify and everything oh wow like, we had such a blast to talk for like five minutes and she said okay I have to go and she was actually not confident about herself and I was like come on girl she's like wait a minute tomorrow I'm gonna lose and then we'll be able to party I was like no you're gonna win this shit <laughs> and, uh, and that actually happened so I'm super happy for her <laughs> Well, actually, I want to ask you about that one because you've got some timeless songs in Eurovision, haven't you? You think of Lorene with Euphoria, Alexander Reback with Fairy Tale, and of course, 2014 was the year of Conchita and Rise Like a Phoenix. Do you remember hearing that for the first time and thinking, that one's a winner? No, uh, to be honest, I met her in Latvia and I was like, man, this is going to win. Like, this looks, she looks fabulous and the song was good. I liked also a different song as well. I really loved the Maltese song. But I just love those guys as well. So <laughs> they have the Mumford Sun vibe. And we were at the end sharing a hotel, like, you know, the same breakfast table <laughs> and something. So it was a lot of fun. So, now, you mentioned it earlier on. Unfortunately, you didn't make it past the semi final or the grand final. Yeah. Did you stick around in Copenhagen and make the most of your time yeah, there? Yeah. Or was it- we stayed there because uh, our tickets was already bought for the final and everything. And we also had a passes to go and watch to be live and see the winners and everything so now that we've chatted to some other eurovision stars here on the eurotrip podcast and a few of them just happened to have told us about some stories about choosing the outfits they wore on the night do you remember choosing your outfit it's quite a big decision isn't it to try and look good for the crowd so we had a we had a designer choosing them for us uh it was for me important that i have sleeves i don't know why i wanted it they wanted me to be on super high heels um I was. <laughs> I know why white ties, but I still remember seeing the dress for the first time. I was like, oh, this looks cute. And the only thing I said, I was like, I really want to, because for all of the commercial things, I had little cakes in my hair before the stage. I said, I don't want a cake. We're singing about a cake. Can I get birds? They're like, oh, wow, what an idea. And I was like, can I get the birds? They're like, yeah. So we went to the <laughs> shop and got a little birds that were sitting in my hair. I really... I remember that, so. <laughs> you seem to have so many great memories of being there in Copenhagen back, what, six years ago now. Have you got any plans to go again? Obviously, you took part in the national final again earlier this year. Yeah, I did, and I got the second place. It was so tight. <laughs> Actually, you know, I was working for the win, but I'm happy for someone, so it's all good. But I'm sad that Latvia is not going to do... Um, like the local selection show next year because they straight away choose someone. To... Why I'm sad because uh, so many young performers and artists get to, out to the people through this. Uh, so it will be less possibilities for other kids to get out. But for me, I hope uh, someone will ask us to be in her team, songwriting team. So we'll see. I have so many ideas, so it's funny. <laughs> Oh, that would be really yeah. exciting, isn't it? You want yeah. to still you want to still be involved, don't you? 
Yeah, sure. I wanna I wanna represent Latvia when I have a good song and when I'm ready again, because it was five years in coming. You see, six years. Because for those before, I was like, no, no, no. But now I had a good song. I really love the song. So we wrote it and re rewrote it in English as well. It's actually in Latvian pipars about. But the idea is similar. It's just changing the words. Um, you know, playing a little <laughs> to make it available for everyone. Because I think if you perform in Eurovision, you should sing in English because that's the most common language everybody knows. But so many people has asked me, why didn't I try to qualify with a Latvian version? Because then I would have won. I'm like, but none of you told me to do that before. <laughs> like, <it's amazing. laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. People still love it. The song both languages and it's it's good so now away from Eurovision though you're still very busy aren't you you've still got loads going on haven't you all around the world yeah 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 uh, my background is folk music folk scene and stuff like that and uh, I have this big big project we met like 12 people from six different countries all the folk people who know a lot and are interested in their in their inheritance and we met, yeah, 12 people from six countries in Italy in January and made this big program for one set, like one hour show uh, with mixing up cultures and having fun and everything. And that's one of the tours I had to have around Europe. So new folk, but we're, it's fast forwarding. So we'll see maybe, hopefully next year, but you know, we have to all be safe and live uh, peacefully so Latvia is a super nice place to be right now now then i want to finish off by asking you a question that i always like to ask the guests we speak to here on the eurotrip podcast and what i want to ask is not what is your favorite eurovision song of all time but what is your <laughs> second favorite what is your number two song from the eurovision song contest oh my god that's not an easy question <laughs> <laughs> i would say the maltese song then the fire or light i think that was the name This is the Eurotrip. Katrina Demanda there, finishing off by telling us what her second favourite Eurovision song is of all time. And do you know what I think would be a great idea, Rob? Is to collate all of these songs from all of these big interviews that we get and make them into a playlist. And, you know, we'll have a great idea of what people think is not the best, but potentially the second best Eurovision songs of all time. It's a difficult question, that, because I think if you asked me what is my second favourite Eurovision song of all time, I would not be able to tell you on the spot. So it is difficult what we're putting all these big guests through. Talking of difficult, to finish every single week, we will bring you the hardest game in podcast land, which is the one second song. Earlier on in the episode, we play the first second of the song to Richard Taylor from Eurovision Island when he was giving us the news in 90. Uh, James, can you please corroborate that you did not hear that second? I did not hear that second. I disappeared. I went for a, a small latte, uh, which was delicious while you were doing that. So I've got no idea what it is. So I'm going to hear it for the first time. I feel a bit out of the loop. All the listeners have heard it. You've heard it. Richard's heard it. I feel a bit out of the loop here. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry about that. But unfortunately, the way the state of play is currently, I've got no points from previous one-second songs from last week. 
you've had no points from the first week. Uh, the songs we've had so far, by the way, LT United, We Are The Winners from 2006 was our one second song in week one. Last week, James, we had... The Humans with Goodbye from just a couple of years ago. So I was quite surprised you didn't actually get that one right, Bob. Yeah, well, I was quite upset with myself as well, actually. But the less said about that, the better. Here we are then. Richard has already heard it. We will uh, hear what Richard's prediction was, or his guess rather, in in just a second, because he's already submitted that to me. But James, for you, and for everyone at home once again, here is this week's One Second Song. Dear me. Oh, do you know what? When we came up with this idea, the biggest thing that was a problem for me was that you've been a fan of the contest for many years longer than I have. So I thought what you'd do is just sort of pick out songs that I would never have heard of. And I admit for the first week with LT United, I've heard the song, I know the song very well, it's quite popular, it made a bit of a reaction. This week, however, I don't think there's any way on planet Earth I've ever heard this song before. From the first second, which is of course all we've heard there, I think that is arguably the best first second of any Eurovision song ever. So having never heard that before, James, we'll hear it again in just a second, but having never heard that before, I've got a point, haven't I? That's quite an impact within one second of a song. You get a bonus point actually for picking out the best first second we've had so far. And I'd be amazed if this is not a winner because that has some big impact, that first second, doesn't it? Well, let's have a listen. Here it is for the second and for the final time. Here is the one second song. Still none the wise, I'm afraid. So just like I did in week one and just like you did in week two, we are going to have to do the throw the dart at a map of Europe and throw a dart at a multi-year calendar. So what I'm going to do is choose Malta and 2004. So Malta from the contest in Istanbul in 2004 is your final answer. That is my final answer. Well, I can tell you that Richard from Eurovision Island said to me, and these are his very words, it's a Balkan classic. I think it's 1999. Croatia. Maria Magdalena was the name of the song. Doris Dragovic, the name of the artist. The best Doris ever to grace the Eurovision stage, you could argue. Since you've said that, I really hope it's not, because I know this song is very, very popular in the Eurovision community. So if I've got this wrong, blimey knows what's going to be happening to me. Well, I can tell you that the song that I've chosen for this week's One Second Song came forth with 118 points in 1999. Richard has got every single one of those absolutely bang on. He's got four points and he goes straight to the top of the one second song leaderboard and you, sir, have embarrassed yourself. one of those isn't it once again we say it every week once you've heard it you know it it's easy once you know it once again i've embarrassed it's it's lovely when the shoe's on the other foot you must be loving this thinking of course of course i know what it is how can he not be guessing this correctly but when you're on this side of the argument it's very very difficult 
I'm loving it until this time next week when the shoe will very much be on the other foot. You will be setting the one second song and I, once more, will have absolutely no idea. But that, of course, means that we are unfortunately at the end of this week's episode. That's right. Another edition of the Eurotrip podcast has been and gone. Thank you very much for listening. If you've managed to listen all the way through, we will be back with you in just seven short days with all of the usual stuff. We'll kick off, as we always do, with the news in 90. We'll have our big games as well, the European quiz, the one second song, and we will also have another big interview. That's right. We're going to hear from a man who has represented his country twice on the Eurovision stage and also had a hand in many other Eurovision songs along the way too. Don't forget you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify and don't forget to leave us a review, subscribe because that's why we do it. We'd love to hear from you and it's great to have you along for the ride. But from us this week, until next time goodbye. Goodbye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.